Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, the markets didn't party as hard as we thought they would, like we've seen the first part of 2021. But a little bit of negative turnaround to be expected because you can only go high so long before you have to have a tad bit of a pullback. We're going to talk about that. And more importantly, we're going to get a firsthand look at what's happening in South America. We know Argentina's got some issues. How's Brazil? What's this weather? And are they going to have the crops? We'll find out more details from that as Darren Fessler joins us. Darren is with Lakefront Futures. And Darren, first off, Happy New Year to you and your family. And and welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell Lower numbers got to kind of expect it after the last couple of days. Yes, and Happy New Year to you as well, Susan. Uh, yeah, the way this market has gone up here, it to see a little bit of a correction, a little bit of a pullback, it, it, it's not to be expected. And you look at, you know, the corn barely down a penny today and beans down six. I mean, these are hardly even pullbacks given that we've gone up dollars and 50, 60, 70 cents here in corn. Um, but it is, you know, I think you're coming into a, a major report next week with the January WASD. Uh, really going to shape up how we viewed last year. And, you know, you could be looking at more of a neutral type of trade until there's new data out there. Now, what next Tuesday will probably show, you're probably going to see a, a decline in any stocks in both corn beans, probably in wheat as well. Um, I would not be shocked by that by any means. How does the USDA handle uh, the 2.2 billion uh, export number from beans? Now, today's uh, export sales were not good. They were down 95% versus last week. Does Brazil have a good crop? Because that could influence how the USDA views U.S. export on beans moving forward. I still think that right now Brazil has the crop. Uh, if it's a good January, that we get, uh, you know, the U.S. exports get all that much harder, I think, past March time frame when it comes to the, the bean side. Corn side, I think, has been definitely uh, been driven by what beans have been doing. And the overall commodity complex, if I look at the Goldman Sachs uh, Commodity Index, we are starting to reach, if not even possibly break, uh, 12 and a half year downtrend. So the rise of all commodities is starting to happen. Maybe some inflationary worries out there, uh, money printing going on. So there's a lot of things, but I, I'm looking for a pretty good start to 21, I think, for for the grains and the overall commodity complex. You know, as you look over what we've seen so far and and just the discussions into the new year, there's a lot of pressure that's being put on next Tuesday's report from from many different angles. It really has been, and I think that the pressure on the USDA, uh, it's not going away anytime soon. I think that they, uh, over the last, say, six months, have really maybe sharpened their pencil a little bit. I think maybe some of that could be due because of what had taken place in 19, and then we ran into some weather issues, and we ran into some pretty strong demand the back half of, uh, of 20, and it, it, I think it more or less forced their hand, so to speak, uh, to maybe adjust these numbers lower. But uh, I think that in general, um, yes, how the market views the USDA's report on Tuesday, it could go one or the other. I think going in the report, it's going to be bullish regardless of whatever the number is. But how it, how does the market react following the report? Is the bullish number, is it already built into the price? Or does the market not really care? 
fund money, the, the you know the flow of money's coming into commodities. Could it just brush off a bullish report and just say, hey, you know what? We don't really necessarily care too much right now about this. The demand story is outweighing any type of bullish or bearish numbers, and we're going to send this market higher. So that's that's two ways of I'm looking at it. But uh, from a producer standpoint, we are at very, very good levels where uh, if you do have any beans, just continue scaling in there. That's what I continue to advise clients. And on the same thing with corn, maybe get a little bit further sold ahead of Tuesday's report and look at new crop. I don't think it's ever too early to take a look at what those new crop prices are doing. We are still at good levels regardless uh, of what happens this summer to start in with a small 10% sale or hedge. It's it's not uh, not bad place to do it. Uh, folks that follow you on Twitter, you're you're the master of, of graphs and charts. And I wanted to talk a little bit before we went to break about your comments in regards to Goldman Sachs and, and a breakout um, that could happen after a 12 and a half year downtrend. Kind of talk about that and how that's going to really have a maybe a possible factor on these markets. Yeah. So the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index, is, it's an index full of a broad basket of commodities from energies, industrial metals, precious metals, uh, livestock, agriculture. And and I want to see how does that broader sector, how do all of those perform together? And and what we're noticing is uh, we're coming up against that 2008 a downtrend where if we start breaking out here due to inflationary pressure, the overall uh, money flow back into commodities, we could see a, a, a multi-year breakout from a bullish standpoint on commodities. Now, there could be a lot of uncertainty with uh, a potential new administration coming in here in a, a couple of weeks about what happens to the equity markets. We seem like we got a lot of money printing. We seem like we got a lot of stimulus. Is there enough to maintain these basically daily highs on the stock market? Do we start seeing a pullback there? Do we start seeing further money come into commodities? And if I look at that, that commodity index, I think that something is starting to brew here, and if we start taking out those October 2018 highs, it confirms the bullish breakout of commodities, and it could be a pretty big run here, I think, over the next six to maybe a multi-year breakout highs. All right, folks, you can check that out. He's got the graph and all the explanation as well as some information through his Twitter page. We've got more coming up as Darren Fessler joins us this afternoon. And we do have a listener question. You heard Darren kind of talk about it a little bit with the administration. We're going to talk more about that when we come back. Other factors that are affecting what we're seeing in the trade as we start to wrap up this first week of 2021. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are continuing our conversation this afternoon with Darren Fessler. Darren is with Lakefront Futures. So as we went to a break, we were talking a uh, 13 days. I mean, you were talking a little bit about new administration, and that is a listener question, Darren, is what can we expect from a grain livestock perspective of these markets, and will there be any trickle-down effects from outside commodities over the next 13 days as we see the, the change of the guard? Well, if, if we look at how the market responded yesterday um, when when protesters had entered the capital, you, you saw the Dow, you saw the S&P 500 just continue to move higher. And why would that be? I, I think multiple reasons uh, is because I think there's so much stimulus in the system that it's hard for equities 
in, in the broader market to probably sell off here. We, we are getting a vaccine that, uh, good, bad, or indifferent, it has the perception for people to go out, do things a little bit more freely. And I think in general, people are getting tired of being cooped up. So you have that, that perception of maybe things maybe are turning a corner from, from a pandemic side. But then you look at it from an administration side. Now, I don't think over the next 13 days, couple weeks, it's going to have a massive impact on either the equity markets or the agricultural markets in general. Now, where I think it would have a trickle-down effect, now that the, the Democrats basically control all, all branches here, what policies do they implement to to either help or hinder agriculture as a whole? How does their policies impact what has taken place over the last few years with the stock market making new highs? Because the, the stock market to me is a one gauge of how the economy is doing, but it's not the entire gauge. We know uh, there's still a lot of people unemployed, still a lot of people hurting here. So there's still going to be that kind of in the back burner that not everything is okay. I think the policies is going to, the policy measures taking place over the next few months are going to be much more important than what happens over the next 13 days. And it's good to keep in mind and not get wrapped up in on over the next 13 days. It, it really is. I, I think if you are a trader, you are a producer, uh, someone who manages risk, someone who produces a crop, it's never a good idea to let emotions drive decisions. Uh, regardless of what's taking place in the outside world, we're still raising that crop on a yearly basis. We're still still care for our our livestock, and and we got to manage those prices. So even when we have wild markets and volatilities through the roof, and you're seeing, you know, hog prices or cattle prices doing what they're doing, grain prices seeing what they're doing, have targets in place, have a plan in place, and it's not. Uh, it's not a bad thing to adjust your plan as you go, uh, you know, just like a football game. You know, you got the halftime. You make adjustments. I think throughout the marketing year, producers need to make adjustments based on what the market conditions are. So, yes, keeping the emotions in check here and, and utilizing smart strategies, utilizing plans in place with the ability to adjust, I think this year is going to line up pretty good for econ uh, you know, commodities in general if we're going by that approach. So as we look at the ethanol, are we going to continue to see some softness for them over the next month or so? You know, with the ethanol side, I, you look at where corn has been doing, and, and I have different clients around the country where idle, idling the plants is it's getting a little bit more common. Um, I still think that uh, at these levels, without crude oil really participating here, I think it's going to be pretty difficult for ethanol really to gain a whole lot of steam. And so not that it's going to be bearish uh, ethanol, but I think it just gets harder the higher we go on corn. And the same thing can be said for the cost of gain on cattle here. you got a lot of guys at this point, if they're buying corn, they're $5 cash plus. So the cost of gains here on this cattle, um, it is getting more difficult for those guys as well. So let's talk about that as we, as we wrap up. From a livestock producer, they're watching the ebb and flows in this grain market. They know they got to make some grain purchases. What are your thoughts? 
I, you know, I think that given the run here, given seeing what, what may happen or may not happen in Tuesday's report, uh, I still think you want some coverage out to maybe in some of those summer months. Ideally, you'd kind of want to wait for a little bit of a pullback if we can get one. Um, but I do think that given the weather situation that could develop um, and, and the demand uh, structure we're in right now, I still think upside would be, in, uh, would be a smart play right now to cover some of those feed costs. All right, lots of things to look at. Darren, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? They can reach me at uh, 312-858-3668. All right, and just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. Darren Fessler joining us today. He is with Lakefront Futures. You can find us as a podcast on our website at ruralradio.com wherever you subscribe and on spotify as well as the fontanelle final bell has been brought to you by fontanelle hybrids and all your local fontanelle dealers on the rural radio network